My name is Gail Zuckerman. I'm the host of the podcast, Growing Older with Gusto. This is a podcast that was designed to help bring wisdom to younger generations so that they can grow older in a positive and productive way. Today, we're beginning a new season and we are going to introduce in a few minutes our second guest for a new episode. I want to ask you, how many people have always dreamed of being able to sing and how many people sing to themselves in the shower? Why is it that singing holds such a magical allure for so many of us? Well, our next guest on Growing Older with Gusto is going to explain a lot of what's behind the magic of singing. Her name is Barbara Lewis. She's a Montreal-based vocalist who's going to explain to us how singing is a terrific way to grow older with gusto because it creates a doorway of sorts to a happier, more peaceful life. And in these times, who couldn't use that? Barbara's wide range of voice has people comparing her to Anne Murray for her low, no the low notes and Judy Collins for her wide-ranging higher notes. She acknowledges that this is a superpower sort for her, but it, her best strength, in her opinion, is her ability to connect emotionally with her audiences as a performer. Barbara is currently working as a vocal coach in person online and enjoys working with older people through her YouTube channel called Singing After 40. We've all heard of singing in the rain, so let's introduce Barbara Lewis from Montreal who can show us how to feel as cool in Singing After 40 as Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds did Singing in the Rain. Welcome to the show, Barbara. <laughs> Thank you. What a great introduction. Thank you. It was wonderful. <laughs> so tell us, start out, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you will, like how you got started in the business of singing. Okay. Well, my story starts way, way, way back. I'm 68 now, and I did my first little concert in secret. I didn't tell my parents about it. Uh, it was a talent contest in our, our um, neighborhood. It, uh, it, they had a big stage, but it was kind of in a playground. And all the kids in the area were asked to do something, and I chose to sing. And I sang the song Tammy. And I remember now, all those years back, walking up on that stage, and seeing all those people out there, probably not very many, but to me it was thousands. I remember the feeling of communicating this gorgeous song. Do you know that song, Tammy? I swear to me. I hear the cottonwoods whispering above, Tammy. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful song. Anyway, that was my beginning. And when I walked off stage and they told me that I had won, uh, my parents, of course, were shocked. And I guess I was too, but it, it started me on a journey, a singing journey that has never stopped in all my years now. Only a few for a little while. After my first husband died, I stopped singing for a while. But other than that, throughout my 60-odd years, I have never stopped singing or learning to sing and teaching singing. And you're so good at it. And it's nice that not only do you have the uh, gift of being able to sing, but you can teach also. I mean, not everybody can do that both. So that's great. No, that's true. Not everybody wants to. That's true. Or can do it. You know, yeah. In yeah. A lot of areas of life. Yeah. yeah it, it takes a certain kind of empathy, I think, and a, and a great desire to, to see other people thrive. I think it really does take that. Yeah. So how does the power of music and singing help people to better understand their lives and bring some gusto to it? Oh, well, gusto. I don't think I have to explain very much about gusto, but to better explain their lives. Well, look at what the, the power of a song can do. 
look how we feel, how we feel sad or uplifted or spurred to take action these days. I'm sure that the people who are listening to songs from their home country, Ukraine, are spurred to take action for all sorts of reasons. Think about how a song can take you back in time, uh, make you think about things that were important to you, or take you forward and give you vision and hope. So music does all of these things for us. It's not just a message. It's also, it's wrapped in emotion. So you get the lyrics, and then you get everything else that touches very deep in our being, I believe. Music is, almost nothing else is as powerful as music. I would agree with that. I remember as a teenager just always listening to music, and I remember my father always singing a lot. He was, not that he was good, he was just getting his feelings out. He loved to sing, yeah. Um, And why do you think today people tend to turn to singing, either in groups or privately in lessons? Well, I think there's a great, great power in group singing. And there's been quite a lot of studies done on, on what happens in the body when we sing together. There's a hormone called oxytocin, which apparently is released uh, when we sing together with, with other people, and especially if we're singing music that we really like, and we're singing with a conductor who doesn't scare us to death. I've certainly heard a lot of choralists say, oh, that conductor is so, so crazy. But when everything is harmonious, I think there's nothing like a choir. And what is the octic? What does that do when it's released? Oxytocin is a bonding. It's a social bonding hormone. It, it, I think it works also when mothers have children that they, they release a lot of oxytocin and they feel very bonded with their child. And I think it works differently in a choir where we feel like we're experiencing something important with people we care about. And then add to that the glorious music that choralists sing together in harmony. I mean, sometimes listening to a choir, tears flow down my face without, without even thinking about it. I'm so moved by choirs. But on the other hand, you know, a lot of people also want to take private lessons. And I think partly that's a, a journey of self-discovery. You're, some people who come to me who are older, and I specialize in teaching people who are older, They have sung when they were younger and were told in one way or another that they weren't good enough or they had no talent. So they come later and say, would you mind listening to me, Mm -hmm. seeing if I have any talent? Or they've been singing throughout their lives. They really don't have any talent. (laughs) I have experienced that. And if someone says specifically to me, do I not have any talent? I'll say, well, let's talk about what your aspirations are. Do you want to sing in a choir? Do you want to sing in church as a soloist? Do you want to have a career at this point in your life? And I'll say it's pretty difficult unless these things are working. I've had some students who cannot sing in tune. And with some of those people, for most of us, that's part of talent. But for some of those people, there's different reasons why they can't sing in tune. So we explore that. And that's part of the journey Mm -hmm. of learning to sing is to find out what your blockages are. Some people uh, can only sing in tune if they have a guitar sitting right against their bodies and they're playing it. Some people only sing in tune if they sing after I sing. They can't sing with the piano. So there's a lot of different hearing structures Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of wade your way through before you say you have talent or not. Do you think that certain personalities are drawn to different types of music? For example, 
let's say somebody wants to sing a cappella. Is there a certain personality that's attracted to that type of singing? Well, a cappella singing is not really a style that, that people aspire to very often. I, I think it happens. Certainly monks mm-hmm. aspire to singing a cappella. Uh, that, but that's a totally different spiritual thing. I think people certainly aspire to singing pop as opposed to rock mm-hmm. or classical as opposed to anything else or rap as opposed to uh, blues. So there's all of these different styles and some people love them all. But not all voices can sing all styles. Some voices are better suited, even if personality is not suited. Some voices are better suited to kind of ballads and pop music rather than hardcore rock. Talk about yourself a little bit. Like, how has music helped you grow older and be so high-spirited as I perceive you as being? Talk a little bit about that. The beauty of singing, uh, music, and but particularly singing, because that's my discipline, is that it's, it's never-ending. I've been singing now since I was uh, a little girl, seven, eight, and had aspired to be a singer when I was a little girl. And as the years have rolled by, uh, you know, I've worked on my talent, my technique a lot to be able to sing the music that I sing better and better. And now, at, at this point in my life, uh, I'm on a new journey to change my technique to sing a different kind of music, uh, to sing differently. But also, I mean, just in the last 10 years, when I was, you know, maybe at the height of my vocal performances, for me, walking on stage was a challenge every time because I, I wanted to communicate not only the message, but to give the feeling, to give kind of a transparent feeling, a transcendent feeling to an audience. Every, every time you sing, it's a challenge in a different way. And, and I guess in that way, if my voice lasts, then I will sing until I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> my voice probably won't last that long, but I'd love to. So what is the connection between singing and laughing? Oh, okay. Well, just from the outside, when you take lessons, you do so many goofy things in singing. I mean, we, our exercises are just ridiculous. You'd sound like a siren. You meow like a cat. Sometimes you're barking like a dog. All of these things help to open up and uh, remind you of how the, the muscles coordinate. But if you look at great singers, you'll see that many of them sing with this look of a, of a kind of a semi-smile. Mm-hmm. And that smile, it's, it opens the ears. It creates a shape inside the mouth that's very helpful in singing. And when you're in a smile a lot of the time, you're much, it's much easier to laugh. It's much easier to, to feel like you're enjoying yourself. They say that when you smile, you use a lot of muscles and that you feel better, that your brain thinks you're feeling better. So a lot of singing has to do with getting a smile on your face and keeping it. And it makes it easier, I guess. Well, muscularly, it makes it easier. It opens your ears. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, to get very technical, it also stretches apart the false vocal cords from the real ones. So this big smile, and I often say t- to my students, I know you're going to feel like a goof, but just try it. Try singing that whole song with a great big smile and know that when you actually perform it, the feeling of those muscles inside will remain in the smiling position, mm-hmm. but you don't have to smile anymore. Interesting. And what, in your opinion, is the most interesting thing that you have found about singing and performing at concerts? 
Well, I think the big challenge is that, first of all, when you walk on stage, every audience is different. And every audience presents a different kind of a challenge. I've sung in front of people who were very drunk. And, and that's, you know, getting people to calm down and quiet themselves and listen. That takes a certain kind of control and patience and confidence. Mm-hmm. I sang in, in a place in, in uh, Ecuador where there were a lot of huge birds all in the trees. It was an outdoor concert hall. And there were many, many birds that were responding to me as I was singing. And it took a, a certain kind of presence and quietness to help those birds to calm down <laughs> so that I could sing. I sang through uh, another thing. I sang, thang, sang through a storm, a big storm outside. So there's a lot of challenges. But personally, when I walk on stage, I'm excited because I love the music that I sing. And I'm excited to to present to an audience beautiful words or, or difficult words, uh, depending upon the song, and to lift them up on the wings of emotion. There's nothing like it. It's a, an activity unto no other, in my opinion. Definitely well suited for that. <laughs> Thank you. By talking to you. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about something you wish you had known as a younger person. Ah, that's a good question. I was talking with a, a friend who's an artist earlier this week, and we were talking about similar things. We're about the same age, and we have quite a big body of work, both of us. And I said to her, you know all this stuff now. We've been through this, so what would you tell your younger self? And she came up with something really interesting, totally different from what I would say. She said, I would tell my younger self that perfection lies in being yourself, being who you are that you don't have to be other than who you are. You don't have to seek perfection, that being who you are is enough. Mm-hmm. I thought that was quite lovely because so many artists in various disciplines are told repeatedly that they're not good enough, that they don't have anything to say, that their art is not that interesting. And you're constantly battling those kinds of comments. And some people take it to heart and they stop doing what they've done. They don't have any more confidence. So I thought that was interesting for myself. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would tell younger people the importance of having a little bit of time every day to be very quiet. It's a, a habit that I've gotten into now. I do it every day. I call it my quiet time, where I take about 20 minutes in the morning. You don't have to take that long, and it doesn't have to be in the morning. And I sit very quietly. I'm fortunate that I can look out at trees because I live in the country. And I let the thoughts calm down. And when that happens, I feel like I'm open to new ideas and to a fresher self. I think when you get older, you can feel kind of stale. You think the same thoughts, you do the same things. And I think this habit has really helped me to feel that, to know that there are still pretty vibrant ideas and interesting, modern, exciting ideas inside me in my psyche, in my body. And that bit of quiet time to connects me again mm-hmm. to those ideas. That's great. I like that. Mm. Some people would say, well, they sit and journal or they meditate to calm down or whatever, but I've never heard it described so eloquently. That's really nice. Well, meditation is also wonderful and journaling too. I'd, uh, I think both of those things are important and wonderful. This particular habit 
has to do with opening yourself to ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm always looking for new ideas for many of the different things that I do from singing and songwriting to writing and doing my, my videos. I'm always looking for ideas. So that for me is an idea generation time where I just let it all calm down. And then I, I get, usually I give myself a question. I need to do something for older singers about breathing. What could I do? And I close my eyes and I, I listen. That's great. And things often come. Sometimes nothing comes. Sometimes there's so many ideas that I can't write them down. I usually have a little book and I, I write things down. Often, more often than not, I get some ideas and I'm so grateful. Where did they come from? I don't know, but there they were. <laughs> Thank you. That's wonderful. That's great. So what are your secrets to leading a joyful life? Oh, I, th I think that uh, there, there are many, many things. Uh, being with a great partner, I have a wonderful husband partner. I think I'm very fortunate in that. S sharing time with him is, is making sure I have time to share with him. Laughing a lot with him. Mm -hmm. Finding things to laugh about. Doing more, I think, of what you love to do. Finding a few things. For me, a, a new thing is gardening. I dream about gardens, especially now because it's still snowy outside and I, I won't see those tulips coming up for a while yet, but I, I see them at night in my mind's eye and that gives me great joy. I would say do, do more of what you love to do. Well, I have to ask you, the, I don't mean to throw you a curve here, but do you have a trademark song you might want to end with? Wow, I, I really should have uh, prepared myself. I, I can do, let me see. There's one song that I think is really beautiful. I'll see how it comes out, and you can edit it out if it's not good. I love it because so many people know it and are touched by it. It goes like this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was. What's the word? was sad, but now I'm free. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. What's, what's that word? I was lost. Oh, that's okay. I was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> I think that, that my trademark song is both sides now, but, but I would need to prepare for that. But this song I sing often, and people, I just see tears coming down people's faces because everybody relates to that di differently. We're all lost at one time, and you don't have to be religious to be found in some way by a person, by, by music, by a song, by singing. That was great. So Barbara, if our listeners want to get in touch with you for whatever reason, maybe they want to enroll in your YouTube class or do a private lesson or what, maybe they live in Montreal. I don't know. What's the best way to contact you? How can they find you? I can give you an email address. It's, it's the one that I give to, to everybody who wants to reach me. It's Barbara mm -hmm. at 
barbaralewis.com. Okay. But you can also reach me through my, my YouTube channel, Singing After 40. And, you know, there are, there are so many places on, on the internet. I'm, I've got, I'm way too spread out and you can find me in many places, but that's the main one. Okay. Also, I have a, a, a mini course, a free mini course called Take your song from zero to wow if people want to tune in for that it's free and it's meant for a beginner beginning adult singers and i think there's a lot of great information to stimulate your your singer's brain and to get you singing i'd love to have people please what is that it's it's on the net it's on the internet yeah it's so you you see three videos (laughs) you work at it at your own pace and uh I, i did it with a lot of love Oh, that's really nice. I'll have to check that out myself. Oh, do. Uh, I will. Well, thank you so much for helping us launch our new season in such an uplifting way. It was a great topic and you're a wonderful speaker and singer. So <laughs> thank you. For episode thank two you. of Growing Older with Gusto. You can find us on any podcast platform or on our YouTube channel, Growing Older with Gusto. Thank you, Barbara Lewis from Montreal. Thank you, Gail. You're a wonderful interviewer. I enjoyed it so much. (laughs) Bye-bye. Very much. Bye-bye.